Hi, I'm Nancy Lucina, and I'm thrilled to announce my latest offering with Free Birth Society, The Divine Creatrix Pregnancy Journey, Ceremonies to Invoke Your Inner Birthing Goddess. Join me and like-minded women from around the world for five live sessions where we will use the ancient art of ceremony to connect deeply with our womb's wisdom, learn to alchemize fears, open up our beings to magnetize our dream births, learn how to lovingly and fiercely set boundaries, and surrender with ease into our transition into motherhood. If you are a mother-to-be, join us on this unique and powerful journey. Learn more at freebirthsocietycourses.com. Into the wild I'll go, and into the wild I am. It's been a while, freedom child, since I left my roots back home. Into the wild I'll go, into the wild I am. It's been a while, freedom child, since I left my roots back home. Welcome to the Free Birth Society podcast. This is a radical space for women who are ready to celebrate their autonomous choices in birth, motherhood, and beyond. Together, we'll learn about wild birth through personal narrative, we'll explore the politics of birth, and we'll analyze everything that relates to our lives as women from a feminist perspective. Here's your host, Emily Saldana. It's been a wild freedom I'm excited to be bringing you the deep wisdom of my dear friend, Layla. Layla has been on the show a few times before. She's free birthed all three of her children. And today she joins us to share the tools that she has discovered and honed in on that help keep her in a co-creative consciousness and out of victimizing herself in her life. I loved this conversation and the guidance provided is truly not to be missed. Welcome, welcome. Thank you. So we have had you on the show. Well, I guess technically we've recorded twice because you're on the reunion episode, but I don't know when that one will come out in relation to this. But you were on our first season, which is so special. Um, So it's really, really fun to have you back now after your third free birth to talk about um, who you've become, the woman and the mother that you've become and and the wisdom that that is coming through you to share with all of us. So I'm glad that you're here. I'm so honored. It's amazing to see how large this has grown since the first day, since the first thought that you had about it. It's totally so proud of you. I'm so proud of all the girls on this show. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you. So tell us a little bit about who you are in your life at at this point. (laughs) All right. Well, I am a a mother of three, as Emily said, and my journey has been 
quite unorthodox up until now. Um, I actually kind of have a background uh, in psychology. I uh, went to graduate school and did a master's program in contemplative psychotherapy at a Buddhist-inspired university, which was called Naropa. And uh, it was amazing. Within that uh, curriculum, we actually had to spend two weeks a semester in the mountains meditating and doing these uh, rooms that were called Maitri rooms, where you would go into these buildings that were like all one color. It would be like an entirely blue building and it would have all these different lights in it and different colors of windows and shapes. And each room was supposed to evoke a different, very intense emotion um, what they would call in that tradition, a wisdom aspect and a neurosis aspect. And so within this, this course that I did for several years, um, within the training was the um, emphasis on really learning how to feel intense emotion and be with that and kind of maintain your center throughout that. And I would say that those meditation retreats were one of the most incredible experiences of my life. Um, but within it and within the other meditation retreats that I had done, um, there's been probably over a thousand hours of meditative experience that I was then able to kind of take into my um, all three of my wild pregnancy and free birthing experiences and then carry on through my motherhood journey. And so I feel so blessed to have kind of had that, um, really that priority, because I would say that I really have always been interested in the truth and I've always been interested in peace of mind. And I've always known that there's the possibility to discover that and that it's not this lifelong searching for the truth or for who I am or for what life is all about, that it really is a process of discovery. And that if you prioritize that, you find it and you find yourself and you come home to your center. And um, since I kind of, put that at the top of the list of things to do. Um, <laughs> I've had this really, really incredible journey into motherhood and I've kind of been able to blend the two together, which has made it a mm. really, really fulfilling journey. Um, mostly in a sense that I, I really feel like I understand the process of creation and how powerful of a creator um, every single person on this planet is. And how to like really, really actualize our full human potential through this understanding of, of ourselves, of our mind and of how our minds work and of how to use them effectively to really support us. And, um, and so that's kind of led me to, um, become an author. I've, I've written a book about, uh, my first free birth, which I did in the, in the Hawaiian jungle. I was living off the land and it was a very, very rootsy, rootsy pregnancy by choice. I kind of, uh, really wanted to have that experience and, um, was so, so grateful that I did. And I've kind of, uh, taken what I've learned from, um, my own, my own story and incorporated it into a, a really beautiful book that's kind of almost diary-esque, but also has, um, this main technique that I now offer in private coaching sessions and through uh, a lot of my writings that are to come um, and that I'm working on now. So, um, so yeah, and I'm happy to share more about that technique and, and, um, and more. 
Yeah, well, actually, it's a great time to mention. So this book that that she has written, it's called Sunlight for a Rainbow. And it's really, really, really sweet. Um, and I'm pretty, pretty stoked to, to announce, to share that um, Free Birth Society is selling it on our website. So um, if you are a pregnant woman, or if you are looking for a gift for a pregnant woman, um, or even in those sweet early days of postpartum where you might actually be able to read a book. <laughs> it's a really, really sweet book. I read it in my pregnancy, actually. Layla had sent it to me when we first became friends. And yeah, I recommend I recommend it. Um, and it's so cool to kind of go on the the journey with you like you said, of this kind of jungly rootsy living outside in the tent and and looking for food, you know, on the Hawaiian islands and what a fun kind of way to travel with you. Um, yeah. So anyway, so you can go check it out on on our website and add it to add it to your collection. So tell me tell me more about what you mean by this technique and and I'm curious to hear more about yeah, like what what a mothering coach or motherhood coach is and, and this technique that you've developed? Um, well, yeah, I kind of proclaim myself a motherhood coach. Um, I didn't really like the word coach at first because that's really, um, in a certain light, it can kind of seem a little bit disempowering. And the main emphasis of my work is really to kind of give power entirely back to um, whoever may be in front of me with the full awareness that they have the answer to every one of their questions inside of them. And that if there's anything that I hope to provide for them, it's really just kind of um, maybe even sometimes in an obnoxious way, pointing out to them where they're lying to themselves through believing thoughts that are causing them suffering and causing them pain. That sounds very similar to what I do. <laughs> Yeah, but I mean, it's not, maybe coach isn't the right word, but it's a word everyone kind of understands when you say it. So it makes sense. Yeah, kind of neutral. I mean, I like to more so sometimes just call it a guide, but even that it's it's just hard to label ourselves as anything. I mean, I'm really just a mother alongside everyone else. I don't have anything different, anything special, anything, you know, other than just that I have kind of been obsessed with understanding my mind and I have found certain um, tools and discovered this, like this technique that has come called the safe approach. Um, I call it a clarity technique that it just works. It works for me and my motherhood journey. And so it feels exciting to be able to share it with other people. And if it works for them, then that's great. Um, and if it doesn't, then just disregard it. But I haven't I've come across yet that hasn't been like, oh yeah, this makes sense. It covers all of the basis, all the, mm. all the key points that cause us to be in confusion. And so um, in that regard, it's really... It's really an amazing um, little little acronym. It's uh, the S. It's spelled S A F E, as if you know how you can feel safe in your in your life. Um, each each letter of the acronym stands for something different. And then if you go into it a little further, um, there's even more specific questions that you can ask around each of the different points that kind of helps to just bring clarity. And that's the point of it is. 
there's nothing more important in your, in your pregnant journey throughout your actual visceral childbirthing experience and through motherhood, in my opinion, as clarity. It's the number one thing that will direct either you going a wonderful way or not. And so my, my passion is being able to access and feel as clear as I can and, and be able to make decisions from that clarity, from that wholeness, from that sense of contentment, um, rather than being confused and doing things too quickly or taking other people's advice over my own because I just don't have time to even know what I need to do for myself or my family. And so, um, so yeah, I'm happy to go into the acronym now. Yeah, I'm please. Um, so the S, the first letter stands for self-responsibility. And so that can kind of go a few directions because you can say, well, what even is myself, you know, and you can go down that aspect, which I think is a little bit more advanced of a version of doing it. But I think for simplification's sake, I'll just say the more kind of like direct and experiential um, aspect of the self-responsibility would just be what emotion am I choosing to feel right now or create for myself? So for example, if I'm angry and I'm angry at someone for doing something, I'm really giving my power away to that person and saying that that person is making me feel angry or because of what they did, they made me feel angry. And so it's really just kind of like this this elementary recognition of I create every single emotion and feeling that I have. And so we kind of pull all of our power and our attention and our thoughts back to ourselves, And we say, okay, I'm feeling uncomfortable right now. I'm, I'm choosing to make myself angry right now. And it can be kind of hard to admit that, but we really kind of detach from the, um, the blame by saying that. And then we take it a step further and we say, what thought am I thinking that is causing me to feel this? And then you can identify that thought. And it's a really simple approach. And just by doing that, it's like, okay, I feel angry. And then what thought am I thinking that's making me cause or causing me to create this for myself? And I say, okay, I told myself a story that my husband isn't being kind when he talks to me lately and I'm making myself feel angry when I tell myself that thought and I believe it and that's it. It's kind of, you just identify it, you recognize, you bring awareness to it. And then through that process, clarity usually comes. Um, if that's not enough, then we go down a step of the ladder to A, which is the second letter in the acronym. And the A stands for attending to what serves. And you can either say this for attending to what serves to, let's say, my most fulfilling pregnancy and for a childbirthing experience. Or we can say attending to what serves my most fulfilling life if we want to be more broad about it. Um, but either way, attending to what serves is really being able to step back and say, in my believing this thought about my husband not being kind to me when he talks to me like this, is this serving my most fulfilling life? Or if I were pregnant, is this serving my most fulfilling childbirth? Because that's really important how you feel about the husband of, or about the father of your child when you're creating life with them, you know? So is that serving my most fulfilling journey? And most of the time, the answer is no. 
And so then we take that a step further and we say, what would I rather think about this? Or what would be more in alignment or more congruent with what my most fulfilling life would look like? And then you can create something if you want to there. And you can say, actually, I want to point out the times that he really does talk to me in a kind way or the times that he really is very sweet and endearing to me, or I want to kind of pull that out of him more by being that more towards him or whatever it may be. So this is all a process of creation, um, the first two letters of the acronym. And when we go down to the third, the F, this is when we start to get a little bit more detached from it. Um, and this is really helpful to kind of ultimately come to our true nature. And so the F stands for free from free from story. And so this takes a little bit of guts to be able to drop the story that's causing us suffering. No matter how much work we do, we might go through the S, the self-responsibility process, and we might go through the attending to what serves process. And we still might feel like we're blaming the other person or the other situation to a certain extent for what we're feeling. And so if that's the case, and we don't go through the understanding that we need to be able to drop it, then we literally have to drop the story and become free from it. And so becoming free from story is really a process of really taking a few minutes, let's say five minutes, and sitting there and purposefully dropping the story and telling ourselves that we're going to spend this time learning how to be free from the story that's causing us pain. And so anytime that a thought comes up that makes us feel the way we're feeling around that story, we just notice it and we let it go. And it's kind of like a more meditative experience of learning to be with ourselves without creating a narrative because we're such incredible storytellers as human beings and especially as women. And so learning to not be able to tell a story is just as powerful and effective and appropriate as learning to tell a story. And if we're going to tell a story we might as well tell an incredible story that actually serves us and makes us feel good and contributes to our most fulfilling life. And so um, essentially learning how to do that brings you to the, the fourth letter in the acronym, which is ever-presence. And so the E stands for ever-presence. And it, it literally is um, directing us to the part of ourself that is before thought that's before emotion, that's before feeling and sensation, and that's always there and that ultimately is who we are. And so um, it's something that some people can just drop into by just sitting there. They can start to feel the, the space within them that's always there. Um, sometimes I like to call it the mother of all, kind of this awareness that's just holding everything that essentially our feelings come and they go but this is the part of us that's always permanent. That's kind of the ground, the foundation that is underneath everything that arises within our experience. And so these four um, letters within the acronym essentially are meant to create clarity and freedom from confusion if it ever arises. And I, I have found that essentially through using this technique personally and also through offering it to other people that you do get to a point where you don't feel pain anymore. You don't feel suffering. You don't create negativity for yourself. And if you do, you catch it so quickly and you transform it and you change it to what you want it to be, or you just notice it and it falls away through that awareness um, to the degree where you actually can be living a satisfactory life in every area, thriving in, in all areas of our life. And there's nothing more valuable than having that as an experience 
um, in motherhood, because then you're not teaching that to your children either. And your children can create these really incredible lives for themselves too. So. Yeah. Okay. This sounds, this sounds quite similar to some of the tools that I work with. And the, the challenger in me wants to kind of unpack a potential uh, thing that I think might be coming up for people listening. Um, because I get what you're saying. Uh, and, and like I said, I use similar tools. But I think if, if someone wasn't clear, it would sound... If someone wasn't totally clear on the concepts of radical responsibility and um, co-creating your reality, it can easily sound like spiritual bypass Mm -hmm. to my mind, right? Like it can sound like, okay, so I'm in an an emotionally abusive relationship where my husband's talking like shit to me and I'm going to turn around and just tell myself that that's not the story and that the opposite of that story is true and, and how... How do we navigate a world where we're just making up a different story that's more in alignment with our highest good? Like where, you know what I'm saying? Like, how does this not... I wonder what you would say around cognitive dissonance because I think that people who don't yet understand these concepts could accidentally interpret this as cognitive dissonance. Does that make sense? Yeah. And I totally, I totally am familiar with both of those terminologies, cognitive dis- dissonance and um, spiritual bypassing. And I think that what's a little bit radical and maybe extreme with what I have to offer it is, um, I mean, first of all, everybody has their own wisdom and their own guidance. And people might literally be in a relationship that they need to get out of, or they might literally have certain things that they need to do that maybe aren't my values, but maybe they need to do that. Or, And I'm not trying to take that away in any way. This practice is more for the people who, you know, they are blessed in the sense that they're even able to be listening to this right now. And they might just not really understand how to use their mind to serve them. And things might be going pretty well for them. And they may have a lot of fortune around them, but just not be able to really see it and and um, really receive it because of these, these obstructions in the mind. Um, and for those people, I would say that it's important that they recognize that there are people that really are having that experience. They really don't have things to be grateful for. They really don't have safe, you know, places to be. They really don't have uh, people around them that love them, you know, and, and it's important to feel the pain of that. But it's also important to recognize if this is not you, if this is not really ultimately your experience, and if you're just kind of having a brat in your head that's not really being grateful for the blessings that are around you. And for that person, it's really about stepping into the creatorship role and seeing you know, that I am creating this with my mind. This is not a reality. I took what my husband just said and I twisted it around in kind of a weird, self-hateful way to make it actually harm myself. And then I believed it. And then I started treating him as if that was true. When in reality, he was just really hot and sweaty and uncomfortable. And so he talked in a sharp way and it had nothing to do with me. 
So it's more about people who aren't necessarily at a survival level. Although, you know, there could be some ways to integrate that as well to be able to get the clarity that's needed to be able to move out of that. It's more so about saying, I am completely, completely responsible for my relationship with my husband right now. And I can either create it to be a bad thing or I can create it to be a good thing. And I'm completely in control of that. And that could go... Right. And watch and watch what happens when you start to take that level of responsibility. Watch, watch how things shape around you. Exactly. And that even extends into motherhood in the sense that are you going to pull out and create the worst in your child? Or are you going to focus on and pull out and create the best in your child? And whichever you focus on more is really going to, in my opinion, form and, sh- and shape who they become. And what's that that line? Energy flows where attention goes. Yeah, I've heard that. I I love that. Yeah. So tell me a little bit about how this looks in your mothering. How do you how do you apply it like in a day to day way? I would say that I apply it mostly with uh, regards to when I mess up, <laughs> which happens quite often. I mean, I'm I'm often you know. Um, learning about how to be the most kind mother I can be to my children. Um, because before I had kids, I was, you know, spending months at a time in meditation, so peaceful, feeling like peace was one of the <laughs> incredible priorities of mine and compassion and, and being considerate of others and, and, and then you had three kids. <laughs> and, I, and I have to say, I never, imagined that I would be so fierce. And I think that what I've had to use this technique and just the the information that I've been kind of collecting over the years, the most on has really been around kind of the guilting of myself, which is why I love to be able to, to kind of focus on the mama more than anything throughout the whole journey to focus on the mama because to me, she's the most powerful part of the family and she is creating everything with her mind. And so I often take this into my experience and I say, okay, if I'm going around not feeling good about myself, then that's going to impact the whole unit. And I need to really learn how I can just have clarity and be connected with who I really am at all times so that I can hold the family that is this expression I can be the ground that everything's coming up within without getting overwhelmed because I'm creating this false concept of myself and then feeling pity for myself and then not able to fully be with my family and the needs of the kids in front of me. And so um, in, in all aspects, I would say that it's just of utmost importance for me to just constantly remind myself that if I don't like anything around me that's happening in my family, it has to do with myself entirely and the way that I'm using my mind and how can I shift it. And when I recognize that, that it's just really all about myself, not in like an egotistical way, but in the exact opposite of like, I'm creating a self that's unhappy with my surroundings. And how can I see through this this self that's just invisible to begin with and really step into and be the wholeness that I want my family to always be able to come back to and be nourished from. 
So give me an example of like the last time you did this in your household. Like walk us through it. Okay. Um, let's see. I would say that I need to think of an example because I honestly, I've been enjoying a retreat with my family for the last few months. And so it's been pretty smooth and enjoyable. And, and it and it gets easier, right? The more you integrate this way of living and it's second nature and it's such a committed, um, yeah, integrated way of being, it it not only gets easier, but like for me, I notice that when it's when there is out of alignment, when there is incongruence, it's so quick, it's like alarm bells are going off in my system. Like if I'm suffering, it it doesn't really ever get to suffering. It would be like mild stress. And I would be like, oh shit, something like, okay, okay, okay. And thankfully I have all, you know, very similar tools of how to come back into congruence and and take responsibility for it and know how to shift it. But I guess that's what I want to say to the people who are listening to this that are like, that sounds really, really far from where they are right now is it just takes practice to integrate and it's the small shit, you know, it's it's your kids leaving messes or you taking stuff personal when your partner speaks at you or um, how you feel at the effect of your own scarcity consciousness. You know, it's, it's these like small ways in which they show up that are actually like really big, um, you know, deep, deep programming uh, behaviors from your childhood. And so it's on the one hand, this enormous shift because you're raising your thermostat into learning how to actually feel better and generating security and and control and approval really within yourself. Um, But Mm -hmm. that's an enormous topic if that's like really new to you. So I thought it would be nice to kind of break down like small examples of how you use these, um, use these tools. Yeah, in a day to day, like household relatable situation. Yeah, well, it's so beautiful what you just said. And I think that's really, really important to emphasize. And in particular, also to just say that I just feel like as the mother, I just hope that we can all be so gentle with ourselves because we are holding so much. And I really feel like the moment that we give birth, that we become so kind of energetically and psychically sensitive to what's going on around us to the degree that I don't really think anyone other than a mother can understand. And that continues and it, and it doesn't go away. And we are, you know, gifted that in, in a sense. And I love how you use the word um, congruence. It's kind of like this feeling of when we give birth, we are totally realigned. It's like we are reborn as this precious, empty, blank slate of a child in front of us. And then we have to do all these things on top of it. And so it's just such a balance of being able to really honor that we are kind of like babies ourselves. And then also we're given this incredible power and responsibility to take care of the life in front of us. And so I love reminding women to just be really, really kind to themselves as much as they can. Um, through this process, but it's it's also so available for anyone. It's so available. I'll, I'll take an example because my firstborn, my son, is really, really, really rowdy. He's he's a lot of the time. I create a really rowdy little boy for myself, 
And so I think that that's the most important thing for me um, to recognize is that when I create like, oh my God, this child is so difficult compared to the other two at times or whatever it may be, that I'm creating that for myself. And to really be able to to take a step back and say, okay, what am I creating? Oh, I'm telling myself, let's just go down the list for just a simple thing as a little boy throwing a rock at me (laughs) because he was angry about something. Um, And so S, self-responsibility. What am I feeling right now? Super pissed off. Oh my God, like how dare he? He came out of my body and blah, 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 blah. And then he has the audacity to throw a rock at me and, you know, this whole story and all the blame. And, but that's the S kind of pulls all of that blame back in and it says, What am I creating myself? I'm creating for myself anger. Okay. What am I telling myself that's causing that? Essentially, what I just said, the whole story and narration about he shouldn't do that. And then, You can even bring the husband in and say, oh, he thinks it's okay because my husband didn't say anything about it or he didn't see it or whatever. You can tell these stories. Okay, notice that. Move on. A, attending to what serves. Is it serving me? I would like to have the most respectful boy, little boy on the planet. So is it serving me to be telling myself a story that my son is so disrespectful and so rude and throwing rocks at me because he didn't get his way and whatever it may be. Um, and the answer would be no. So what would, what would I rather want to, to feel about this? And, and the truth would be that I, I would want to be able to really bring out his, his respectability. I, I want to really bring out his kindness and really, you know, just let this go and, and try to focus on some things that he did today that were respectful. Okay, but wait, sorry, I have to ask though. But then what do you do with the boy who throws the rock at you? Um, well, like you don't ignore that, right? Because he threw a rock at you, which is like not great. Yeah, I mean, that's something that you probably <laughs> have to kind of be able to use your mama powers to be able to just hold what you're feeling without reacting. Look at uh-huh. and say, please don't ever throw rocks at people that can really hurt someone and take care of the situation practically in front of you. And then when you have a moment to yourself, you can go through this process. Next time, mm-hmm. next time you go to the loo, take a pen and paper with you, go through all the bullet points and just let it go from your system so that you're not carrying that experience with you throughout the day. Exactly. Because that's that's the part I want to just make sure we're really getting across. Like you're you're not in any way suggesting um that there's no space for discipline or communication or whatever that needs to look like in the moment. You're not ignoring um or or bypassing um, you know, potentially dangerous behavior or whatever, but it's oh it's the carrying of the story and turning what happened into um something that is causing you suffering. Like I like to work a lot with fact versus story. So the fact is your son threw a rock. The story you made up is that that's disrespectful, right? So to own the story around it and then do this this technique to let the story go. Mm-hmm. Yes, the fact is he still threw a freaking rock, which 
is arguably not not great and you know you shouldn't throw the rock or, or whatever but even it is our story you could go down a whole wormhole here because it's really our story that he shouldn't have thrown the rock right any time that we are you know like Byron Katie always says um, all suffering comes from not accepting what is and so yes. when we accept what is which is he threw a rock and we deal with what is um and then get willing to address our own story take responsibility for our own story around it and it's so easy to turn he threw a rock into he's so disrespectful and rude and what kind of boy am I raising? And oh my God, the husband should have said something. And now you're inside like a tornado of drama instead of just dealing with what is, which I just want to make really clear to everyone that we're not painting a story. Like if this were me, I would be like, yo, no, (laughs) no, that is not okay. But then I'm letting it go. It's not like a spin out after that. Exactly, exactly, Emily. And I think that one of the main things that I found just in my mothering journey is to also kind of like, in addition to what you said, which is all totally, totally what I'm talking about, um, to even say, okay, am I going to take this and form this into an entity that I then add to and feed the whole day? And if I don't take time regardless of how I respond, whether it's pleasant or, you know, the most ideal or not so ideal or whatever, it's just whether or not I'm going to be able to let that leave my system and my mind to the degree that next time I see that little boy, we have a clear field between us, Mm -hmm. a clear... I have a friend who, a 80 year old friend who always talks about keep the field clean. Yeah. And that's so, so important to do as mothers, because if we don't, then we will continue to create the same disrespectful behavior all day. And it's just like, it's clockwork. Oh, it, 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 it's one of the most frustrating things I, I witness in other mothers. <laughs> you know, and I say this like loving, but women complaining about the thing they think they don't want right? So my kid never sleeps. My kid won't sleep. My kid won't sleep. You are literally creating the storyline that you're now committed to seeing, mm-hmm. right? I mean, it's just, it's maddening or, or, or my toddler has tantrums. My toddler has tantrums. And then that's all that happens because that's all uh, you see. So it's yeah. really important to wrap your head around that When you believe something, when there is a story that you believe, you will consciously or unconsciously collect evidence to prove that that story is true. So if you are not pausing and taking responsibility for the stories, you will perpetuate them and actually create the reality that you're fucking complaining about, right? Which will make you feel crazy. Exactly. And and I love, I love that you pointed to that because that's so important and that's the example exact reason that um, I feel just that this technique is so important is that this is just meant to be a quick, simple thing that you can do anywhere, anytime to just clear yourself of the undesirable things that you're creating yourself and get back on track, get realigned with the kind of life or the kind of child or the kind of husband that you're wanting or the kind of pregnancy or the kind of childbirth you're wanting to have. And so, yeah, yeah. Beautiful. It also has a lot of, yeah, I think a lot of this really goes back to leaning into curiosity, holding things lightly, and not taking things so freaking personal. Exactly. You know, like it's not personal 
forever. And when you're willing to really try that on, the world looks really different. Exactly. And I think that it's so, so important when something is taken personally to see it as this amazing, amazing opportunity to look at that and say, wow, that's where I still was holding myself back. And so let's let's look at that. Let's grab that and let's pull that in instead of like you had mentioned earlier, the spiritual bypassing and just saying, oh, I'm not going to be take things personally. Oh, I got triggered. I'm not going to... And then it just turns into this passive aggressive thing. If we can't really ultimately see like what's the fundamental thing that caused that and how can I let go of that and move beyond it and really be who I am so that I'm really a legitimate expression of this wholeness of this, you know, of this mother that is able to actually be content in herself and share that and show other people how to experience that as well. And it it makes me think about the initial thing I brought up of like how, you know, how does this land when you're, let's say, in an abusive relationship or something? And I just want to bring that up again, because what, what I have personally discovered and what I witness is it's not... It's not, it would be cognitive dissonance or, or bypass to have someone be abusing you and then you just being like, oh, it's just my thinking that's abusive. I'm going to just not see that and focus on the good stuff. No, 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 no. What's going to happen is when you take radical responsibility for co-creating the reality that you're living in, you're able to both at the same time not take it personal and take responsibility for not wanting to be in that um, relationship anymore, right? So, I mean... I've talked about this, I think, on the podcast in the past. Like I was in an abusive relationship and and what, what really helped me break the spell was to at the same time realize it wasn't personal and I was co-creating it by staying. And I, I get that that's complicated once you have children and you're financially dependent and all sorts of things that I didn't thankfully have too much of. I mean, I didn't have kids obviously with him, but kind of realizing at the same time that it's not personal and by staying in it, I am saying yes mm-hmm. to creating a reality in which I'm being abused. So I do think this stuff very much gets applied anywhere, anywhere when someone is ready. And I appreciate you bringing up the survival aspect because I say that also about the tools I work with, that if someone is in like really true survival it's going to be hard to get resourced enough to play with your mind in, in a yeah. way that really does require a certain level of, of resource, resourcedness, uh, mm-hmm. internal resourceness, you know, mm-hmm. and like literal needs getting met. Like it's going to be hard to play with your mind if you don't know like where you're going to sleep tonight. And if you don't know where your like food is going to come from to feed your children. But I'm assuming that my audience does know where they're going to sleep tonight for the most part. And they do know where food is going to come from, thankfully, tonight. And so what's so fascinating to me about this concept of of survival is that the vast majority of people that we encounter are not actually in survival mode, or but they keep themselves in survival mode, right? It's an unconscious commitment to stay in that fight or flight adrenaline, to keep re-traumatizing themselves, to um, you know wake up and stress out and get on Twitter and read the news and drink a bunch of coffee and go into drive in traffic, and they you know people stay in this threatened um, position. And so one of the beautiful things about this technique, you know, any of these kind of tools that we're talking about is to start to try on that you don't have to live 
your life in survival anymore. And that whatever you've created or your parents have created, you know, that have brought you to a space where you do have hopefully a job, a home and food, you actually can start to play with dropping the um, commitment to fight or flight, you know, the commitment to uh, defending yourself, Mm -hmm. right? And you can actually relax and start to try on generating a lot of the, um, yeah, security really within yourself. Because if you actually, if you have literal security, you can start to relax into that um, anyway, which is everything that we're talking about. Yeah, it's so beautiful. And I I think that um, it's really uh, a very important thing for, um, for, like I had said before, women to just have a lot of compassion towards themselves. And I think that anyone of any, any background can really do the safe approach and really say, you know, with certainty, I'm 100% um, taking responsibility for what I'm feeling to the degree where they're able to still say, and from this wholeness and from, from this experience of that, I'm not doing anything wrong. I, I might choose to walk away or I might. Exactly. And it's from a place of love rather than from this fight or flight that, you know, we all experience that feeling of unsafety I think even in giving birth to a child that um, ultimately we become connected with all of the world that feels unsafe legitimately. And I think that we need to realize that the reason that we might be entering that again is because we really have felt that at certain times and we really have experienced that feeling no matter how, what degree it was, we have been traumatized And we may have not given ourselves the time and space to really fully process it to the degree where we feel like we deserve something other than that. And so the experience of like continuing to wake up and re-traumatize ourselves or stimulate ourselves or stress ourselves out is almost just this like this child, this part of ourselves that's like, please pay attention to me. Just please come home, come back to your center and realize that there's a part of yourself that still feels unsafe in this world. Even if you are safe right now and you have a roof over your head and you have $700,000, you still have a part of yourself that might feel unsafe. And until you really come and bring that in and hold it and see it as just this story that needs a little bit of attention to be able to be worked and feel safe in the world, then you'll continue to kind of have those kinds of experiences, which is not, you know, it's not an enjoyable thing. Yeah, that's real. real In it throughout my pregnancy that, that I create my own safety, like really playing Mm -hmm. with that concept that I create it. Even time, you know, that I create my own time, like that I create my own approval, that I create my own security. It's amazing. (laughs) It's it's freaking amazing. It's one of the most empowering and freeing things. And it's also a little bit intimidating because it's like, wait, what do you mean? But I don't need to have attention from this person to feel the love that I'm wanting to feel from that. Like, you know, it's really kind of stepping it up to the degree where you 
yeah, you really realize that you create it all. The teachers that I learned this stuff from, they they kind of define it as you're either living in a to-me consciousness, a victim consciousness, which most people live in all the time. And, and that's that's where most people and, and culture hangs out. Or you're living in a through-me or by-me consciousness where you really uh, grasp and play with um a different reality that you understand that life is happening through you and by you. And, you know, I mean, it's freedom. It's, it's true freedom. That's so beautiful, Emily. And I'm glad you mentioned that because I I did want to share a little bit about that, that victim mentality that sometimes we don't even realize we're in. I would say that the sunlight for a rainbow book emphasizes the victim mentality. It points out some of the main ways that all mothers, like the mother psychology, that all mothers really get confused into feeling like we're victims. And those are the main limitations to us just really having our most fulfilling experience. And so I find that the book is really supportive in the sense of that it really grabs onto like, where are these self-imposed limitations? And they're so impersonal even though they take on such a personal form, they're so impersonal. Every single mother that you could ever talk to. I mean, I've had people read the book before and say that they thought that I entered their diary and just like Hmm. spewed out everything that they were writing about because like this is the common thread that connects us all and it has nothing to do with us. And so we can read that and we can say like, you know, that that's something that we can fall into. um, But it's also something that we can just so easily see through as just a common tendency of the mind, a common misconception that can so easily bring us back to our home and to what is beneath all of that. And then we can create from what we really want to rather than just this repetitive stream of consciousness that mothers have been holding in their wombs for centuries and generations since time started. So that's really what we're doing now. And that's what I love about your message and your work too is about really stepping into, okay, now that we know what we're not, now that we see our limitations, which are just thoughts in our mind that are telling us certain things, we can choose to really come home to who we are and then create whatever we want from that, which most likely is going to be safety and security and affection and self-care and compassion and all of the things that we want in our life. And it's a choice. It's no longer just out of reach. It's our choice. And it happens just like that. As soon as we want it, it's there. As soon as we have the question, you know, maybe I'll just end with this one point um, that Albert Einstein was actually asked one time what he would do for an hour if he was asked a very difficult question, how he would spend that time. And he said that he would spend 59 of those minutes looking for the right question. And then the last minute the answer comes. And so I really like that aspect of the law of attraction of of if you don't really know what you even want, you can ask the question, what, what would be most beneficial for me to feel right now? And the answer comes, or you feel the sensation or you feel, you know, whatever you're meant to feel, or you learn what you're meant to learn. If you ask yourself, what do I need to learn right now so that I can feel the way I really truly want to feel right now? The answer comes. It's, it's just this immense, you know, profound universe that is just waiting for us to interact with it Mm -hmm. and ask the questions so then we can even we don't have to know the answers but the answers come it's just what happens i like to play with um 
like wonder questions a lot just to help kind of enter into that state of play and taking something lightly. And, and I mean, play is such a, um, a, what is even the right word here? An important, you know, aspect of all of this to, um, to kind of like open up your, your, you know, grasp on something and start to play with it and take it lightly. Anyway, wonder questions are, are exactly what you're saying. Just to be like, I wonder what could be here for my learning. You know, I wonder what this would look like. I wonder what that could feel like. And I've used a lot in our marriage because it's a nonlinear exploration. You know, it's really different than, this is like a random example, but being like, I want an open marriage that's really different than going like, I wonder what an open marriage would be like. And all of a sudden you're in a really safe arena to explore because Mm -hmm. you're not just trying to arrive at a decision. You're playing, you're trying it on. I wonder what it would feel like to add another baby to our family. I wonder what it would feel like to move to another state, you know, and just to start to enter into a space of wonder where there's no um, like destination needed so it creates, it, it invokes so much creativity, right? And it, it feels like a like a safer way to to explore in a relationship or in your own mind. So it sounds kind of similar to what you're saying. Yeah, I love that. I love that so much. And you can even play around with that with with feelings. You know, sometimes, um, you know, I wonder what it would feel like to feel safe right now within this context, or I wonder what it would feel like to to feel more joy today or it may be. But I think the most important part is that there has to be the discernment too. There has to be the recognition and the interaction and engagement with our lives to the degree where we can say, you know what, this aspect could be a little better and identify what that is and then be able to shift it into what we want it to be and just become the master creator, mother creatorships that we are, you know, and, and really create from, from this full, full intactment and alignment with, with our own power. Yeah. And I guess that's, that's the last point I want to offer that, you know, for any of you who are like, yeah, that all sounds great, but I, I don't know where to start, you know, and that all sounds like really wonderful, but I don't have a, um, like a, a roadmap for that. I just want to offer that the, really, truly the very, 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 very first and only thing that is needed is willingness. And in that willingness, it creates the possibility for more, you know, and to call in so much of the stuff we just touched on. So, you know, willingness is uh, one way that I play with willingness is starting to learn what a full body yes feels like. And anything shy of a full body yes is a no. And so starting to just do small things throughout your day, like you could literally look in the fridge and see what is a full body yes to put into your body. Or, um, you know, when it's a full body yes to picking up the phone or a full body yes, when it's anything, literally anything, when it's time to shower, you know, literally anything, just wait for that checking in with the full body yes and start to discern what that feels like. Because um, if you if you can know what the full body yes is, which of course you do, um, just if that's a new concept to you, start to play with it with small things. But in the space of willingness, that is the yes, you know? So you don't have to know what it's going to look like. And you actually can't know 
while you're still in a victim consciousness, you can't know what it looks like in a through me, by me. It first starts with willingness. And in that willingness, you start to shift your consciousness and and the world starts to look and feel different. So, you know, with a lot of the stuff that that I do, we don't get into any of the content until there's willingness. You know, it's it's cool. Like with the, I do a lot of genius work with women, like living in their lanes of genius. And the first question that I ask is, are you actually willing? Do you feel actual willingness to live in your lane of genius? Having no idea what that even means yet or what it is and check in for a yes or a no. And anyway, I just wanted to throw that out there because willingness is the path. I love that so much. And, and I think also for anyone that says, you know, that even would say like, I don't know what a full body yes feels like, or I don't know how to take this, or this isn't me, or I've never meditated before, or blah, blah, blah. All those thoughts, I think it's so, so vital to just recognize that that is it. That's the voice. That's the self-limiting voice that is just a thought. Don't have to believe, let it be there, let it go. And you're still there and you're still okay. And then you can ask yourself, What's the most appropriate question for me right now? Okay, what would a full body yes feel like when I look in my fridge, for example? What would a full body like, you know, full body yes feel like? And then you experience it. It's just about redefining, just shaping the mind to, instead of it limiting you, let it just inform you and really learn how to ask the right questions that make your life so fun and enjoyable. So how can people find you. So I have an Instagram account, Layla, L-A-Y-L-A, and then underscore Verbance, B as in Victor, E-R-B as in boy, A-N-C-E. And then I also have a website, which is uh, motherstribeinternational.org. And that's a, a nice place that I've kind of joined with another nonprofit that I started, Loving Birth Organization, that offers a lot of free resources and tools and meditations and art therapy practices and affirmations. And at some point, I'm going to work on a cooking show and lots <laughs> of the really fun stuff. But I'm going to call it Super Mama, the Super Mama Chef. And it's going to be all about foods that really, you know, promote clarity and and Mm. help us to uh, really use our minds in the most effective way because we have the energy and the clarity to really be Mm. tuning in, attending in that way. So, um, so yeah, there's all sorts of fun stuff on there. And then, um, yeah, that covers all of my courses and, and personal private coaching as well. So. Awesome. Yes. And please go check out her book that's on freebirthsociety.com. It's called Sunlight for a Rainbow and it's, a lovely, lovely offering to the world. Thank you, Emily. Thank you. I love being with you. And thanks to all the ladies out there. We love you so much. And that's it for today, my sisters. Check out everything we do, including one-on-one and group coaching, learn about our private membership, in-person retreats, and more on freebirthsociety.com. Our online courses are on freebirthsocietycourses.com, including our flagship course, The Complete Guide to Free Birth. Don't miss the Radical Birthkeeper School if you're ready to become the authentic midwife that women are searching for. Together we rise and the revolution starts inside each of us. Our opening song is by Shy LaRae. 
And now I'll leave you with our Freebird Society theme song, Wild Woman by Aruba Red. I honor you for the wisdom you held, the ancient traditions of plant medicine and womb magic. I feel the spirit of the ancestors as I place my hands upon my belly. This sacred portal will be honored. Eons upon light beams of survival withstanding the eradication of our power by design. I will not allow the separation of our young to be forced upon me. My sisters will no longer birth in captivity. The picket line redefined from burning our wild women to paralyzing us and drugging our babes. Strapped down in a clinical white bed, drying up the milk from our breasts, keep your needles. My family will never again be doomed to chase those dragons or your poison. We reject your fear. We choose love. Everything with intention. Death, ascension. I will fly and bring her back from the start. Conscious consent.